Hola mi gente. The moment you've been waiting for is finally here. My brand new book, Financially Lit, is officially out. And I can't wait for you to get your copy. Inside this book, I'm bringing you culturally relevant and relatable personal finance advice that will allow you to finally feel seen, heard, and understood. Whether it's the guilt you feel from being the first person to make it while members of your family are still struggling, or the way that financial trauma manifests itself in negative and limiting beliefs around money, Financially Lit is here to guide you through it all. Just a few years ago, it was almost impossible to find personal finance books written for first-generation wealth-building Latinas. We have been forced to navigate the complicated world of money with a bunch of money books written by old white dudes who don't understand what it's like for us first-gen kids. But that stops right here, right now. Inside Financially Lit, you will learn how to set boundaries with your familia, with your dinero, create and pass on generational wealth, diversify and increase your income, protect yourself from financial abuse, navigate the complicated relationship between amor and dinero, invest like a white dude or better, and so much more. You can get your hard copy and audiobook version of Financially Lit at financiallylitbook.com and make sure to join our email list so you can find out when I'm stopping in a city near you for the Financially Lit book tour. See you soon. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash achieve today. But the most important thing that you need to understand about a boundary is that if you don't set that in place, you're never going to be able to protect your purpose, your place, your privacy, the people in your life, your kids, your fish. I don't care. Boundaries are meant to protect all of those things. So if you're okay with risking it all, your dreams, your passion, and your family, and your privacy, if you're okay with that, boundaries don't need to be there. But like the thing about it is, is that you do. I know you care about these things. And boundaries are meant to protect you. You're listening to Yo Quiero Dinero, a personal finance podcast for the modern Latina. I'm your host, Janice Torres, award-winning Latina personal finance expert. I didn't always have my financial shit together, but when I started looking for POC-friendly personal finance podcasts, I couldn't find any. And so Yo Quiero Dinero was born. On this show, I'll show you how to make dinero, how to keep your dinero, and most importantly, how to make it grow. Each week, I'm connecting you with the most brilliant minds in the world of money and business, so you can learn about investing, entrepreneurship, and building wealth. The best part? I'm dishing up all this knowledge with a sassy side of sazón. So if you're ready to be poderosa with your dinero, you've come to the right place. Let's dive in. Hola, mi gente. Welcome back to Yo Quiero Dinero. This is episode 109, How to Enforce Boundaries and Live Your Life Authentically with Life Coach Karina F. Daves. Karina F. Daves is a life coach and podcast host of the show One Day at a Time. She is committed to helping women, specifically moms, get their lives back by unpacking their limiting beliefs, discovering their boundaries, and shedding light on their blind spots. 
As someone who lost herself along the journey of motherhood, she's committed to help moms bounce back on their journey towards their purpose. Today is World Mental Health Day. So I wanted to have an episode that focuses on the importance of us working on our mental health, y'all. It is the foundation of everything that we can achieve in life, in love, in money. So if your mental health is something that you have been struggling with, you definitely don't want to miss this episode. We're going to be talking about how to set boundaries, which are so important in order to avoid overextending yourself and just allowing too much of your energy to be sapped by what I call energy suckers. If you need some strategies to discover your boundaries, start enforcing them, and really just start living in your purpose, stay tuned. Before we hop into today's conversation, I want to remind you to follow us on social. If you're loving this podcast and you want more community, you want to find out more about our events and all the stuff that we have going on behind the scenes, you can find us on Facebook, Twitter, TikTok, YouTube, Instagram, and everywhere else you love to hang out on the internet. If you're loving this podcast, please take a moment to leave us a review if you listen to us on Apple. It's the easiest way to share our podcast with people that you know and love, and it helps us get discovered by amazing listeners like you. So take a moment, leave us a review, share us with your friends and family, subscribe so that you never miss an episode, and make sure to check out our blog, YoQuieroDineroPodcast.com, where you can sign up for our email list and you'll never miss an episode. Plus, you get exclusive invitations to our live events, special discounts for our digital courses, and as always, our best personal finance tips and advice to help you be poderosa with your dinero. Thanks for listening. Now, let's get into the episode. Karina, welcome to the podcast. Yes, hello. I'm so excited. <laughs> I am so excited to have you here, y'all. Karina is a former student of mine, my Side Hustle Moguls program. Woo-hoo. She is a mom, a wife, a badass Latina who is giving us permission to live our whole ass lives. So that's a little bit about you, but why don't you tell us more? Who is Karina F. Daves? Okay, so Karina F. Days was originally Karina Martinez, which I totally missed that last name. I'm super jealous of you because I see you hyphenated yours. <laughs> and Karina Martinez was a badass. Once I got to college at 17, I was rebelling against strict parental rules. And I was just going to parties, showing up to class, hung over. And then I had a counselor, an EOF counselor, which is for first-generation low-income students. One day say to me, like, you're wasting the government's money. And I was like, I am? He was like, yeah. He was like, you are. So get your stuff together because I had grants and scholarships at the moment. And I was like, dang. So by sophomore year, I basically got it together. But I came from Peru originally in the 90s. We migrated here. I mean, my whole family's story, and I think anybody's, is a true novella. That's how they invent novellas. But Karina, I would say, was somebody that came from a very strict household, watched just a lot of machismo things go on and a lot of chisme in the kitchen and just watched a lot of generational toxic habits and women just never do what they really wanted. That was me. Well, I can definitely relate to this idea of escaping through college, my parents' crazy ass rules. I had an 8 p.m. curfew at the age of like 18. 
and they hated my boyfriend. So I had to leave work early just to go and hang out with him for a little while. My whole (laughs) youth was built on lies. Lies. And it's like I had to keep track of all the lies just so that I wouldn't get my ass beat and my car taken and just get grounded in the whole thing. And I definitely relate to you like wanting to be the rebel of just saying that I wasn't okay with living into this standard of what it meant to be a Latina woman. Like I I was always pushing the boundaries. And so I want to get to know you more and I want the audience to get to know you more. Who were you as a young adult and how did the dynamics in your household form you as una mujer? Well, I think since when your mom finds out that you're going to be a girl, I think that there are all these standards already. Like, she's going to get married and she's going to have children. And then when you add the standard of immigrants or first generation families raising the next generation, it's just about going to college. Like there's just this heavy, heavy weight of education. And even if it's to the detriment of your soul (laughs) and dismantling the passion that you have for design or cooking or wanting to go to space, no matter whatever is in your heart to be passionate about, we got to switch that up and make you a doctor, a lawyer, a scientist. Like we got to make you into something else. And I would say that when I get asked that question, who formed you to you, who you are today you know, and this is nothing against my parents. But when I really think about that question, Janice, I think it was a lie. Not a lie, but it just wasn't me. And so whoever I was shaped into wasn't me. And my 30s and the end of my 20s was unpacking and like ripping off every single thing that just wasn't really me. Mm. Now, I'm happy that I went to college and experienced that. And so I don't regret anything. I just know that the things that I wanted by the age of 25 wasn't anything that I wanted. I never wanted the husband and the kid and the house by a certain age. Like that was all drilled into me. I didn't want to get a master's degree when I was forced to get one. Like I did so many things. And anytime I rebelled, like the one time I went to go live abroad, I was, you don't belong. (laughs) We're cutting you off. Anytime I rebelled. And even when I married my husband, my mom didn't talk to me for eight months because I made a decision that didn't align. Like I didn't have a wedding. That goes against like all Latino culture. Like I didn't do things their way. I think that I just had really controlling parents, but I know that they did it out of love and out of what they learned. And so I'm very forgiving for that. But whoever I was shaped into wasn't me. Now, who you're talking to and who you've seen, well, you haven't seen, but who people have known the last five, six years is actually me. Mm -hmm. Oh my gosh. I can so relate to your story because I think a lot of us can find ourselves waking up one day almost from like a stupor been going through shit like an autopilot right so like you I was very much on this okay I got to do all these things on the checklist right Mm -hmm. I got to go to school I got to get a good job I got to get a master's I got to get engaged I got to have the big wedding I got to buy the house Mm -hmm. and then I did all the shit and I was completely fucking miserable and I'm just like wait a minute Mm -hmm. what's happening here 
Why mm. is this not making me happy? Mm. And it was a realization that I had been doing all of these things because it was what was expected of me, because yeah. this is what was quote unquote responsible. As the yeah. oldest child, there's a lot of pressure that are that is placed. You're the oldest one too? Yep. Oh. So you got to make the sacrifice worth it. And mm -hmm. it often comes to the detriment of our own desires. Mm -hmm. So can you talk to us about what that pivotal moment for you was that was just like, oh, hell no. Like, I'm not going to keep doing this shit. Yeah. So I ended up going to a party, one of the first parties that I went to after having my son. So I had gone on vacation already when my first son was born, but I never had really like gone to a party. Like I'm a partier, Janice. <laughs> I love it. You want to party till tomorrow and then have breakfast and then go to the pool, go to the beach and drink and party again. I'm your girl. So yeah, I can't keep up with you. I can't do this shit no more. I need to schedule like 48 hours of recovery after that. I got you. Well, we're going to schedule a spot after it. Don't worry. And so it was one of the first nights my girlfriend was having this murder mystery party. And she was like, Karina, we have the same birthday, which will make it our birthday. And I was like, I bet the first, it was my 30th birthday. I bought this nice black suit. Like I was trying to pull off this like very Khloe Kardashian black suit trend that was going on. I was so excited. I had bought these nice shoes. I had gotten childcare a whole night, 24 hours. And I remember getting into the lift that day and just feeling uneasy, but uneasy because I was supposed to be at peace. I was supposed to be 30. And while I did love my partner very much and I did love my child, I was like, why am I so uneasy? Why can't I just go to this party and be the old me? And I remember having those thoughts in the car ride and my husband kind of being like, you're all right. I'm like, yeah, yeah, I'm okay. I'm okay. Like, yeah, yeah, you know, we'll be fine. And, you know, got my makeup done. I get to the party have a couple of drinks, have a good time. The DJ starts playing karaoke. And I was like, all right, this is it. This is my chance. I love Meek Mill. I'm going to rap Meek Mill, Dreams and Nightmares. <laughs> I know every single lyric. You know, 411 Latina, here I go. So I'm rapping away and I step the wrong way. And I'm like, oh, I just twisted my ankle, whatever. It was about 1 a.m. I partied on that ankle on that foot till 4.30. We got home around six. I woke up and my husband was like, yo, your foot looks crazy. Go to the <laughs> <laughs> we go to the hospital. The doctor walks in and she's like, happy birthday. You broke your foot. And I was oh, like, what? Yeah. <laughs> and she's like, not only did you break your foot, you have what's called a spiral fracture, which means that it broke, it disconnected, the line disconnected, and then it twisted into each other. Oh, so you need Christ. surgery <laughs> to put that back aligned and then you put a plate and five pins. So I was like, dang, well, if a broken foot doesn't stop you, I don't know what can. Yeah, so facts. mind you, I'm on the go, Janice. Like I'm working at this point. I think I was working at least like 60 hours a week. I was working three jobs. I was working my full-time job. I was teaching twice a week as an adjunct instructor and I was working at the mall. I was hustling crazy. I was like, damn, I broke this foot. So I'm at home and I'm like, I can't get rid of this uneasy feeling. And you know, when you're sick, you start realizing who your friends are. Mm -hmm. <laughs> and when you move too, right? It's like these pivotal moments. And so I realized 
that I didn't have the friendships necessary for traumatic events like a broken foot, right? And I started to look around and I realized that I didn't have boundaries. I had toxic relationships. I was just a checklist human. And that unease that I felt that night that didn't stop until probably four years, yeah, three years later was because I wasn't my truest self. I wasn't saying what I thought. Even if I did say things, it was like with an attitude, which I don't really care about anyways, but I just like wasn't my true self. And breaking my foot was such a pivotal moment because as I've shared with you and I'll share with all the listeners now, after I broke my foot, I lost 80% of my hearing in one of my ears. Then my son almost died during a very routine ear surgery. Then my husband got Lyme disease. Then our cars were totaled in front of our house three times. And then I ended up getting a persistent infection in my body that caused me to live with a drain for two years and needed to be tended to every single 30 minutes. And five surgeries later, three years later, is when everything stopped. Holy shit. Okay. First of all, just one of those things happening is enough to like send somebody over the edge. Yeah. How the hell did you survive yeah. all of this chaos? And what was it that actually pulled you out of what could very much sound like a pit of despair? And you, yeah. you would have every right to stay in there and marinate. <laughs> I cried a lot. I remember being in the shower and screaming like, why? I'm laughing now because it's funny now. And the amount of pain that I was in when I went for my second opinion, which if something's wrong with you and you don't like your doctor, I really, really encourage you to go get a second opinion because something told me to get a second opinion. And the new doctor basically was like, yo, not for nothing, but you need to be on um, Valium. And I was like, what? And he was like, you're in so much pain that you're not recovering because you don't stop to heal. And when he said that, I was like, that's my life. I never stop to heal, to reset, to rethink, to refresh. And that's why I keep getting all these freaking infections, aka toxic relationships, aka toxic habits, aka just toxic life. That was literally, I remember sitting in his office where I was like, my life is changing, not just my health, but my entire life. I am cutting everybody off. And if you love me, you'll know that it wasn't anything against you. But if you don't love me, then you'll get offended and you were meant to leave anyways. Mm, preach. Okay, mm -hmm. first of all, that takes some guts, especially like as a Latina, you know how like important we emphasize Community. relationships, right? Mm -hmm. And especially familial relationships. It's almost as if they are given this unlimited access to you to be abusive, to be manipulative, to be just toxic as hell. And we have to accept them because we're family. So mm -hmm. what do you say to people who are just like, well, I know I have a lot of like shitty people in my life, <laughs> but I can't get rid of them because they're family or because we've known each other for so long and I've invested so much time and never going to find a new circle of people who is going to support me. Yeah. I think the first thing that comes to my mind is like, I know it's family, but the fear of breaking up or having distance with somebody because you don't want to be alone, kind of think about it. It's kind of stupid because you're already alone. 
You're already alone in your mindset. You're already alone in the gifts that you want to propel. You're already alone in just like your passion. And you're already alone because right now you're the only one that supports you. So what's the difference? You'll still be alone, but just go do you for a little bit, even if that little bit is a couple years. And I'm telling you, your family and your friends, when they really love you, they're going to have aha moments. They will. They'll be like, yo, Janice, investing is actually a thing. Now I trust you. You know, like she's smiling right now because it's true. Like eventually her parents were like, okay, you're not crazy. How do we do this again? Mm -hmm. Yeah. It's about getting past that judgment phase, right? Where Mm -hmm. people are still questioning what the hell the motives are or the intentions are. And so I'm curious for you, like what did cutting off all of that stuff represent for you? And how did it help get you on the other side of all of this chaos that you were dealing with? I think ending a lot of those relationships did a lot for me. I don't think that I handled every relationship perfectly the way I ended them. I think some I cut off without reason, which now looking back, I kind of feel bad about. I should have had a conversation. And then I hear some people like, nah, girl. Just some people got to be just cut off. No, I get it, but I still have some part of me that feels a little guilty. And then some relationships, I had a conversation which I was like, listen, this is the route I'm going with. You either come with me or you don't, and I'm still here for you if you need anything. But what it did for me is it helped me have not just clarity, but it helped me have silence. Like, I don't know about you, Janice, but I really like silence right now. Yes. And I didn't know that I needed silence. Growing up in the Latino household is so loud. Mm-hmm. So loud. <laughs> oh my God. I just heard my mother screaming like in my mind. It's just embedded in there. <laughs> Everything is so loud. Like why do Saturday mornings have to be so loud? That's why I still wake up with anxiety even as an adult sometimes because I always have that initial panic of, oh shit, what do we have to do today? Yes, I have that too. And I just felt like I was tired of the noise. And what it did for me is it silenced the noise. And if anything, it grew my voice louder. I spent such a long time doing so many things for other people. I got so fed up. And so for me, even the people that I work with now, I don't want you to get to that fed up moment. I want you to do you before you get fed up. Because if you get fed up and then you do you, it'll be great either way, right? But like, I don't want you to exhaust yourself and be on autopilot for so long before you realize that something has to change. Like, I think, I don't know if you follow Joe Dispenza, but he talks about like how a lot of people, the only thing that really makes him pivot and change is trauma. Is like a shift, like they get fed up with something. And mm-hmm. he's like, but if you only realize that and your mind was actually more powerful before the trauma, you could have done either things sooner or much bigger. But eventually you'll get there. But to relieve that part is really powerful. I always think about that, but it's okay because I'm not regretting anything. No, and I think as lovely as it would be for us to just spontaneously wake up and be like, you know what, I'm tired of my own shit without anything like crazy <laughs> happening. That's typically not how it works, right? Like we as humans, we tend to resist change. That's kind of how we're programmed. We crave comfort and stability, even if those things are toxic. And sometimes it does take like that shock to the system to Mm -hmm. really wake you up and be like, Ooh, wait a minute, this has gone too far. So 
one thing that I love that you talk about is the process of like rediscovering your voice. I feel like as Latinas and women, we tend to let everybody else's voice have more precedence and more Mm -hmm. value than ours. What was that journey like for you in rediscovering who you wanted to be versus who everybody else wanted you to be? Oh, man. Well, (laughs) I went from a household that was like, you got to get a man, you got to get education, you got to have a baby and you got to have kids and then you got to buy a house and you got to go to college to like, okay, this is who I am. And then I went to college as much as we love diversity, like you can't wear your curly hair to an interview. You can't wear your hoops. You can't really wear those clothes. You got to, you know, fix your accent a little bit. You can't be all these hand movements and head movements. And I was like, what the hell? Every single space. And then I went and I got my master's and it was a little bit more freeing. And I remember, <laughs> this is going to be a funny story. So I remember in my master, in my during my master's degree is where I think I, I was just trying to figure out who I wanted to be with. So I dated, I dated a lot. And I was very much like, I was a good dater. I was a very good person to have a conversation with. And I was very like, okay, like I'm 21 now. I guess I have to find my husband. And so then I went into that phase And then I was like, oh, shit. Like one of the things that people say that you got to do is you have to move to a different state. So then I ended up going to live in Delaware. And then I did all of these things. And every single season was met with resistance. And I kind of felt like I met resistance because I started out being myself, but then caught up with other norms of what people wanted for me. And it just wasn't me. And then Finally, when I got married, I felt like, okay, this is me. Like I'm with somebody who's also cool, down to earth, lets me do my own thing. And, but then I got caught up with like, okay, well, if you're married, like, do you have to be together all the time? Do you like have to go on a trip every couple months? What do married people do? I grew up from family members that were divorced. My parents were divorced. My aunts were divorced. I mean, dogs got divorced. Like everybody was divorced. So I had no idea. what marriage looked like. So here I am trying to build a marriage. And then we started going to marriage counseling and then we had a kid and I was like, what do you do with this kid? And I was like, okay, well, all of these people are telling me he has to get super curriculum at six months. And then all these other people are like, just put him in a, in a babysitter. So like I always met resistance and it wasn't till after I had all those things happen to me in those three years that I finally pumped the brakes and was like, I got to stop because the more I sink into what everybody else wants to be, the further I get away from my purpose. And that is really what made me start my blog, my podcast. Like it just made me start everything and investing in myself because I was like, I'm not doing this anymore. I'm tired. I'm really tired. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates, like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash achieve today. Selling a little 
or a lot. Shopify helps you do your thing however you cha-ching. Shopify is the global commerce platform that helps you sell at every stage of your business. From the launch your online store shop phase to the first real life store stage, all the way to the, did we just hit a million orders stage? Shopify is there to help you grow. Whether you're selling scented soap or offering outdoor outfits, Shopify helps you sell everywhere. From their all-in-one e-commerce platform to their in-person POS system, wherever and whatever you're selling, Shopify has got you covered. Shopify helps you turn browsers into buyers with the internet's best converting checkout. 36% better on average compared to other leading commerce platforms. And sell more with less effort thanks to Shopify Magic, your AI-powered all-star. What I love about Shopify is how no matter how big you want to grow, Shopify gives you everything you need to take control and take your business to the next level. Shopify powers 10% of all e-commerce in the U.S. And Shopify is the global force behind Allbirds, Rothy's, and Brooklinen, and millions of other entrepreneurs of every size across 175 countries. Plus, Shopify's award-winning help is there to support your success every step of the way. Because businesses that grow, grow with Shopify. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash dinero, all lowercase. Go to shopify.com slash dinero now to grow your business no matter what stage you're in. Shopify.com slash dinero. Man, I think a lot of us tend to give up on our dreams because we feel like they're going to have to be at the cost of something, which is yeah. typically some other identity that we have, whether that's as a daughter or a wife or a woman. And I love the fact that you remind, especially moms, that like you are so much more than a mom. Talk about what that self-discovery process was like for you and what advice do you give to women who are mothers who feel like they've lost their identity in the process of becoming a mom? Okay, here we go. So if you're a mom and you're listening, I want you to plug in deeper your AirPods. I want you to just take a minute to yourself. This message is completely for you. I want you to first know that you are not alone, okay? Whatever it was, your culture, your familia, your job, some freaking show that taught you that motherhood was supposed to be a specific way, I want you right now to hear my voice that is going to remind you that it does not have to be that way. Everything that we learn about the things that we're doing in our lives right now, whether it's our business, our responsibilities, whatever, is based upon research, based upon something we've watched, based on family, a mentorship, or whatever. Sometimes where we learn how to do our responsibilities and roles can sort of be toxic. And so we live in a culture where worldwide mothers energies are sucked like freaking vampires. And it we glamorize mothers being burnt out, mothers being tired, mothers doing things like, which if you've done, that's fine, like pressuring mothers to have kids back to back because you'll be too old or pressuring people to even have kids in the first place. Like there is so much pressure on you that I don't want you to feel bad if you're like, what the heck is this and why do I feel this way? I want you to know that you have every single right to feel 
lonely, to feel tired, to not feel good in what you are. You don't have to feel guilty about that. The second thing you need to know is that the main person that has the power to change all of that is you. And so making an investment in yourself, if that investment is a 10-minute walk, if that investment is 10 voice memos to yourself a week, if that investment is journaling, and even if you're like, Karina, I'm not a journaler, fine, don't journal. But then if that investment is buying a $60 skincare cream to help you slowly feel like yourself again, I want you today to do it. Just do it. Just do that so that you can feel it's kind of like a drug. I'm not promoting drugs, but like it's kind (laughs) of like a little shot. Like I want you to do that so you can remember that you're a badass. Remember who you were before you had kids. Remember that your dreams don't get to die. And remember that your life can look completely different than everybody else. The last thing I will tell you is that anybody, and this is just my opinion, that tells you that they do it all is either one lying, okay, or two completely burnt out. So do not subscribe any longer to the idea that you have to do everything and then be a sexy villain at night and then subscribe to the snap. Yeah, just subscribe to the snapback culture and then make sure to have your makeup done and cook a healthy organic meal and feed the kid, you know, organic whatever, mix it in the freaking backyard. Yeah, yeah. A garden. Make sure you use things without toxins. I don't care. Like you don't have to do that. If you look at my stories, you could see that I'm not perfect and I don't do it all. So those are my top three pieces of advice. I hope they help. What do you tell women that are like rattled with guilt about choosing themselves, right? Because like, yes, we should all prioritize the things that matter to us, despite all the other obligations that we have in life. But some of us are just paralyzed with this guilt of Mm -hmm. choosing ourselves first. Yeah. I want you to know that feeling of guilt was learned behavior. You watched somebody else feel guilty and talk about how los niños vienen primero. Anything Mm. for my kids. That is something that was learned. And so this period of your life is having to unlearn and learn something new. And this is what I tell myself. And I'm. you don't have to do this, but this is what I tell myself in the morning. If you really love your kids, Karina, you would put yourself first. And the reason why I say that to myself is because when I show up, I have to show up full and I can't show up full if I don't put myself first. Kids are freaking smart and they notice everything. Mm -hmm. They will notice when you're burnt out. They will notice all of those things. But if you come in here with a different vibe and filled up with energy and filled up because you put yourself first and you're happy, they're going to feel that. So understand that that guilt is something that you could have learned. It's a behavior that was taught to us over a period of time. And I don't want you to think that you're going to get over it in a day. You really have to work on that and understand that you came first. So why wouldn't you think that you come first now? Think of the word motherhood. Motherhood means that you come first. You're the mother. And then it's the hood, the community, right? You guys are doing this together. But in all these things, we forget the most important part of it, 
It's you. The mom is the most important part, but is the least taken care of. That don't make no sense. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Oh my gosh. It's so true. And you know, when you were talking about like how children pick up energy, I mean, I remember when my mom was in a bad mood, like you could just feel the energy like shift in the room when she was stressed out about something. And even now as an adult, like it still affects me if I know that she's just on some other shit. I have to walk out of the room and be like, Ma, I love you, but I can't tolerate this energy because it's it's fucking with me. Right. <laughs> and just that self-awareness of like yeah. seeing how people can trigger shit in you mm-hmm. is part of what I want to talk about next, which is putting boundaries in place. Right. Oh my God. Because let's say that you're like, I'm tired of putting everybody before me. I'm going to start doing the shit that I want to do. And I'm going to start choosing myself first. Pero después que van a decir la gente when you start acting all different and brand new. So van how do you deal todo. with that? <laughs> la gente va a decir que todo. Te van a llamar malcriada. You know, que ella no quiera la gente. They're going to say everything. But here's the thing. Their opinions aren't facts. So at the end of the day, you have to realize that people are going to judge you. People are going to talk behind your back. And then they're going to be nice to your face. But you have to make a decision in that moment to understand that, yeah, obviously I can sit here and tell you, Chica, don't worry about their opinion. Keep moving on with your life. But then I'm going to leave and you're still going to be in the situation. And you're going to be, your heart's going to tug and you're going to be like, pero, pero this, pero that. I get it. But the most important thing that you need to understand about a boundary is that if you don't set that in place, you're never going to be able to protect your purpose, your place your privacy, the people in your life, your kids, your fish, I don't care. Boundaries are meant to protect all of those things. So if you're okay with risking it all, your dreams, your passion and your family and your privacy, if you're okay with that, boundaries don't need to be there. But like the thing about it is is that you do. I know you care about these things and boundaries are meant to protect you. So let's talk about what that looks like from a practical level, right? Because like our... Latino families are like super entrometido. They want to know all the (laughs) shit and they want to have an opinion about everything. Mm -hmm. What are some of the big mistakes that we make when we allow people to cross those lines? We make them feel like they have a right to say things and a right for opinion. So I think as Latinos, we're like oversharers. And we don't realize that as we go on in our lives with our partners or with our careers, that there are going to be certain things that our family can't process the same way that we do. And so hence, they can't give us sober advice. For example, I've spoken to Latina women who tell me that their corporate jobs are toxic, but then they call their moms. I think you did an episode on somebody this, and my client actually told me the same thing, that when she called her mom to tell her that she was leaving her corporate job because it was toxic, her mom was like, no, 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 don't do it, don't do it. Mm -hmm. And then spent like months making her regret it because she didn't understand. And I'm not saying that my friend shouldn't have called her mom. I'm just saying that in that moment, it doesn't help. And that's a boundary right there. Like, let me do my things in private and then I'll let you know after. And to be honest, it was one of the main reasons why I didn't want to do it. I got married without telling my family till like three hours before. And I freaked everybody out. That is wild. I know. (laughs) Look at your face. I wasn't going to tell them. And then I woke up and I was like, you know what? 
I should tell him. And we were only going to go to court. So my parents came, they left their jobs a little bit early and my dad was fine with it. Most dads really are. It was my mom. She was mad at me for like eight months. She didn't talk to me. And now it's going to be 10 years later and we're fine. (laughs) But I think I knew, I think that that was a little bit of me setting a boundary because I knew that my parents' reactions weren't going to help my situation. You know what I mean? Yeah, absolutely. I think we place so much value, especially on what our families think about what we're doing with our lives, whether that's who we decide to marry, who we decide to break up with, where we decide to live, what we decide to do for work. And part of, I think, the difficulties of us exercising and putting in place these boundaries is like this feeling of you'll be betraying them some way or you'll be disappointing them. So Mm -hmm. those are heavy feelings. And those are feelings that can bring up a lot of traumatic emotions. So how do we deal with wanting to exercise our individuality Mm -hmm. as humans while also facing the potential of rejection Mm -hmm. and judgment when we decide to make those choices? So one of the things that's really important to understand, Janice, is that we tend to go back into being very childlike when we feel rejection. So anytime we're doing anything against what our parents wish is for us, we feel immediately guilty because it's connected to the loyalty that we've been trained to have in our culture for like millions of years. And so anytime you move away, you're getting married to somebody that nobody agrees with or leaves your job or starts a job, whatever it is, if your family doesn't agree, you automatically feel this guilt because you're no longer loyal to the idea and the dream that they had for you. And so at the end of the day, we have to literally break up, not with our families, but break up with the idea of who they want us to be and come out with who we really are and understand that instead of seeing it as guilt, just understand that there's going to be resistance there. See, I think we get so caught up with our family needing to understand every single detail of what we do and then actually support it. They don't need to because then that's our controlling spirit. That's us wanting to be in control of their feelings. And then we're kind of doing like what they're doing. So you don't want to be in control of their thoughts and whatever. You just got to lay it out. This is what I'm doing. I love you. I'm going to miss you. And I hope you can support me. But if you can, I'm still going to do it. And I'll be back on Friday for dinner. (laughs) Yo, that's so true. I'm thinking of my own journey when I decided to like leave New Jersey and move to Florida and change jobs and now quit my job. And a lot of your mom is probably going crazy. The biggest anxiety always came from what my parents were going to say. And not specifically like both of them, but my Mm -hmm. mom more than anything. Because I think my father, like you said, I think Latino fathers, they have this inherent, I'm going to sit back and let this happen because, you know, my wife is in charge or whatever. When I told my mom that I was leaving the state, Mm -hmm. she didn't speak to me for two weeks. Like I thought I was literally going to leave and she wasn't going to say shit to me. And dealing with that was very very emotionally taxing, you know, Mm. and, but I feel like I needed that separation because there were no boundaries. I needed the physical separation because I didn't have the internal strength to put those boundaries in place and be like, look, y'all, like you just can't be all up in my shit all the time. And, (laughs) and having all this say about like what my 30 something year old ass is doing, like this is, Mm -hmm. we're not 
always going to be parent and child, but at some point it has to be some level of mutual respect for who we are as individuals. And so I think that putting that physical distance between my mom and I changed our relationship for the better because we have this mutual respect for each other. And Mm -hmm. she understands now that like, I'm going to do what I'm going to do. And it has nothing to do with like not loving you or not valuing your opinion or not caring Mm -hmm. what you think. It's just, this is my life the same Mm -hmm. way that you have yours. And I would be dishonoring all of the commitments and dedication and sacrifice that you made if I didn't allow myself to exercise and manifest what that ideal life looks like for me. Mm -hmm. So I love that you said the dishonor part because mm -hmm. I don't mean to cut you off, but like that whole thing is so true. And I think it's so important that we recognize that a lot of the times we think we're dishonoring our parents because we're not doing exactly what they imagined us to be, which is an idea of what they have been sort of like dreaming of for so long. But essentially, we would just really be dishonoring all their work if we didn't step into our purpose, if we didn't do something bigger, because the way that you were trained or your education or the things that you were sort of exposed to is like you're taking what your parents showed you and then much more and becoming something else. And it's always that something else that I think is difficult for parents, especially immigrant parents, to really understand. I'm just letting you know, like, it's not your job to force feed them to understanding. It's just your job to do you and know that eventually they'll catch up and love you. Like, Janice, after two weeks, your mom still loves you, right? She sure does. And she loves the fact that I fly her down to Florida to come hang out. Okay. So you know what I'm saying? Like, it is not that bad. And along the lines of what you were just talking about, we have to have grace and understanding for the limited capacity that our parents have to envision what is possible. Because like Mm -hmm. when you come from fucking survival, Mm -hmm. you can't Mm -hmm. have lofty ass goals. You can't have dreams that will put your quote unquote stability at risk. So like Mm -hmm. they cannot even be in the headspace to imagine what that looks like because they didn't have the privileges that we have now to imagine what is possible for our lives. Mm -hmm. And it's not their Mm -hmm. job to imagine those dreams for us. It's our job to Mm -hmm. acknowledge that it is within us and then do everything that we can to make that a reality. Yeah. And then also you're glorifying different things. Janice and I were talking before about this, about rest and about like looking at the sky and just being at peace. Like these are all things that I never watched my family do. Everybody was always in a rush and they were always put last. And that's why I love working with women and specifically moms, because I know that moms are usually last, even though we're like supposed to be producing human beings. No big deal. No big deal about that. But like, we're always put last. We're always supposed to be burnt out. We're always supposed to just like sacrifice our own soul or purpose for somebody else. And I wonder if your kid at 16 or 20 years old said to you, hey, mom, I really want to be an engineer or go to be an astronaut, would you tell your kid, somebody that you raised, would you tell your kid, hold off and wait till you have kids. And when that kid grows up, then you can do your dreams. No, Mm -hmm. you wouldn't. So that's why you have to stop the cycle and do you now. Absolutely. 
Okay, Karina. So for women or, you know, anybody who's listening to this right now and is just like, I'm tired of feeling I'm not living my authentic life. I need advice. What's the first thing I need to do to start getting on this path to clarity and changing my reality? You need to start saying no. Ooh, talk about it. (laughs) There is power in saying no. You got to start saying no to the things that are taking away from your sanity, your clarity, your energy. Start saying no. So if your three kids, Clara, Kenny, and Bob, all have to, you've booked them every single day for the summer for stuff, and there's no time left for you because now you've become a professional Uber floating all these kids around, you got to say no. Not to all of it, but maybe to half of it for once this summer. And then the other half, maybe you can find them some care and then we can go to the beach together every Friday. Like You have to start saying no to things because I want you to understand something. This world convinces us that if you are not productive, whatever productivity looks like to you, whether it's like filling up every single moment of the day, if you aren't being productive in this American culture, then you are a freaking loser. But that's not true. Like you don't need to be doing something all the time. You can rest because when you rest and when you do your own thing, like have a glass of wine or go to the beach or do something for yourself and say no and forget about everything else, that is when all the ideas are going to come in. That is when you're just going to get the silence and be like, yo, I can't have these kids in every single sport all the time. What am I doing? Yo, I need to start Friday nights. I'm not cooking. I'm outsourcing that. You know what? About my laundry. Somebody got to pick that up because I need those three hours back. You're literally going to start gaining clarity because you're going to start saying no to everything or a lot of things and then say yes to yourself. Yeah, that is so powerful because I I don't think enough of us realize that like every time you say yes to something, you are inherently saying no to something else. Like there's Mm -hmm. always a consequence to your decision. And if the yeses that you're saying have nothing to do with you and everything to do with everybody else, you are inherently putting yourself last. And Mm -hmm. it's going to take deliberate action to reverse that and start exercising your power to do less. We all need to do a little bit less, I think. Yes. (laughs) And honestly, like I'm trying to also, I'm not trying to, but I am, I guess, promote the side hustle class with you. I think that was one of the things that we also learned is like, let me help you simplify your business. Everything what I've learned in every single program that I've invested in, if it was either with Janice, with Erica Cruz, with my business coach, Kat, which are all wonderful women, which many fiestas coming up, all of that. The main thing that I learned, whether it's your life, your business, your ideas, your kids, your household, your career, simplicity is the key to freedom. Simplicity. Say that again. Say that again. (laughs) Simplicity is the key to freedom in your business, in your life, in your marriage, with your kids, with your household, with your career, whatever it is that you want to do, simplicity is the key to freedom. That's facts. I mean, that's like a mic drop moment. Like that's the quote (laughs) of the episode point blank period. It's so damn true. We try to do it all and we end up complicating our lives to the point that it's 
fucking exhausting and not even satisfying, right? And the more that you just get super clear on what you actually want and Mm -hmm. always say yes to more of that and Mm -hmm. always say no to less of anything that is not that, Mm -hmm. your life will change. Yeah. That's it. Yeah. What I started doing just simple stuff at my job, I had this feeling inside of me that because they gave me the job is how I saw it, that I owed them something. I owed them an email at 9 p.m. I owed them more hours. I just felt this loyalty. But when I just started doing, not the bare minimum, but just simple, whatever was on my job description, (laughs) I felt better. I felt better. I finally felt What's the word I want to use? Fairly compensated. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. You don't have to do the most, y'all. Nobody you don't. You don't. <laughs> like, I'm in my 30s now. Like, you know, like they say, yeah, you got to hustle in the internship. I did all that, Janice. I did it. I did it. I worked my butt off. And don't worry. I'm going to work on my fire and I'm going to work on my business and all that. I'm going to get there. Don't worry. I'm seeing this job as my angel investor. But at the end of the day, when I started simplifying my career and I started simplifying my business and my household, I just felt so free. I hope that this message resonates with anybody who's listening because we just have to give ourselves permission to slow the hell down, reassess, reset, And really get clear on what we want our lives to look like. And so Mm -hmm. for folks who want to work with you, find out more about you, get that help that they need to get clarity around what they're doing with their lives. Mm -hmm. Where can we find you and how can we work with you? Yeah. So everything is Karina F. Dave. So you can go to KarinaFDaves.com, which is my website, and click on work with me. You can go to my IG handle. Um, Instagram is mainly where I'm at, at Karina F. Daves. You can also go to TikTok for some of my inner thoughts <laughs> at Karina F. Daves. And those are the main places that I'm at. But I really want you to understand whether you're a mom or just a woman who's lost herself. I really, as your coach, want to be able to resurrect the side of you that was lost out of all these responsibilities, whether it's through your career, the wedding that you planned, or being married or having your kids, you deserve to have that creative bug that's been knocking inside your door to come out. It deserves to have a voice. You deserve to have a voice and you deserve to have your life back because plenty of us, we die at 21, but we get buried at 65 because we're living on autopilot from 21 to the time we get buried. And you don't need that life. And I, as your coach, want to help resurrect the side of you so you can no longer be on autopilot. We can get your badass out there in the world and we can see your beautiful face. I can't wait to meet you. Thank you, Janice. This is Oh my great. gosh. Karina, this has been an amazing conversation. And just thank you for reframing this idea of selfishness being a bad thing because mm-hmm. there's so much negativity around like choosing ourselves first and I always go back to the example of like the oxygen mask on the plane. Mm, You cannot help anybody around you if Mm. you are not first taken care of, secure, safe, and willing and able to help. And so until you start prioritizing you, everything else around you is going to suffer. So thank you for for giving us permission to start looking at what we need before we start looking at what everybody else needs. (laughs) You're so sweet. Thank you for having me. And I just want to remind 
all the women and the guys out there too, because they don't suck. All of them don't suck. And I also want to remind everybody that like these messages, like these episodes, these reels, like whatever it is that you're consuming, I want you to understand that the good messages, the reason why you bookmark them and you save them and you star them is because you're actually supposed to continuously replay them at whatever moment you have low. So like while you may feel inspired for the next couple of days, the minute that you feel that drop, you got to play something else because life is all about reminding ourselves over and over who we deserve to be. And the biggest advocate, the biggest walking marketing agency that you will ever have is you. So you, if you're going to be your biggest cheerleader, then you need to be able to pour into you all the time. So remember that replaying these things over and over is super important and necessary. Mm. Thank you so much for being here. Of course. Thank you for having me. (laughs) Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan-crusted chicken or garlic-butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. Thanks for listening to today's episode. If you are ready to take your dinero to the next level, sign up for our free 14-page guide, The Financially Lit Latina, the ultimate blueprint for becoming poderosa with your dinero. This 14-page guide includes our best tips on money mindset, budgeting, debt repayment, career, investing, financial independence, side hustles, and more. And you can get it completely free. So to get your copy of the Financially Lit Latina, just head over to YoQuieroDineroPodcast.com slash start. That's YoQuieroDineroPodcast.com slash start and start transforming your dinero story today. Until next time, stay empowered, stay inspired, and stay poderosa. On the Yo Quiero Dinero podcast and associated entities, all information provided is for general information purposes only and does not constitute accounting, legal tax, or other professional advice. Listeners should not act upon the content or information found here without first seeking appropriate advice from an accountant, financial planner, lawyer, or other professional. We assume no responsibility for information contained on this podcast and associated entities and disclaim all liability with respect to such information, including but not limited to any liability for errors, inaccuracies, omissions, or misleading or defamatory statements. Usage of this podcast and associated content constitutes an explicit understanding and acceptance of the terms of this disclaimer. 